So this morning, would like to bring your attention again to our regular meditation on Hebrews. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have been studying about the great men and women of faith who exhibited great faith for God, who lived a life of great faith for God, and they demonstrated what the faith they had in God can offer, can bring into their lives. So this morning I would like to continue again the same line of Hebrews chapter 11. Let's read from verse 8 and verse Sorry about that. Well, those 8 and 10 I think we are done with. We talked about Abraham and his faith. And last week we talked about Sarah and her faith. Today again we are back to Abraham. Let's read from verse 17 and 18. Verse 17 and 18 of Hebrews 11. Verse 17 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So in the Faith Hall of Fame, we already talked about the faith of the Old Testament saints or Old Testament heroes like Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham and Sarah. Today we are going to see again about Abraham, the reason why Abraham appeared for the second time in the list of heroes of faith. And we just now we read about the faith of Abraham to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice to God. You know God asked Abraham to move out of the place where he lived, where his fathers lived. He did so. And God told him that I am going to bless you. I am going to give you a son. And they, they were you know trusting God for the son. Even at the age of 100 and Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90. God blessed them with a son Isaac. Now God is asking Abraham to offer his only son as a sacrifice. You know we may think what kind of God is he? He gave his son and now he is asking Abraham to offer his son as, an, as a sacrifice, as an offering. We may you know, tend to believe, tend to think that what kind of God he is. You know, it is true, our God, sometimes in the way He does things, we may not understand. The way He works in our lives, we may not understand. Here, probably, you know, Abraham was in a situation where he has to obey the call of God in his life. So we are more interested today to see what made Abraham to demonstrate such a faith in God. Or in other words, what was the reason for such a faith Abraham had in God. Let's lead, read his story, this particular story from the original source from Genesis. Let's turn our Bible to Genesis, probably chapter 22, I think. Let's go back to chapter 22 of Genesis. 
Right. So we, here we read. Let, let's go through a few of the uh, you know verses here. Genesis chapter 22. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Just listen to me carefully. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Abraham had how many sons at that time? Two, right? Ismail was his son. And now Isaac. But Bible says, now take your only son. You know, only Isaac was considered as a son. Why do you think so? Because Isaac was the lineage of, uh, you know, lineage of Jesus Christ, not Ishmael. So only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, the lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, my father and he said here I am my son then he said look the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering and Abraham said my son God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering so the two of them went together then they came to the place of which God had told him and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in the altar in order and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son but the angel of the Lord called him called to him from heaven and said Abraham Abraham so he said here I am and he said do not lay your hand on the lad or do some do anything to him for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son your only son from me then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns so Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. You know that is the story. That's how it went. It happened. Now Abraham's faith was getting tested. God gave him the son. Now God is asking him take his son and give him as an offering. When Abraham's faith tested, you know, there are a few things which we can observe before we really get into our subject today. In verse 2, Bible says, only son. Only son. You know, when God demands certain things in the life of Abraham on the day, he demanded all that he had. He had only one son. So faith, we are talking about faith. We want to study more about faith. Faith demands everything we have. Faith in God demands everything we have. Verse 2 also says, whom you love. 
He's not an ordinary child. In whom Abraham loved the most. Abraham loved Isaac so much. You know, what says in God says, I need the one whom you love. You know, faith is willingness to lose the one we love the most. Faith demands everything we have. Faith is also willing to lose the one we love the most. Let's go further. Verse 12. I know it's tough. Verse 12. Verse 12 says, Now I know that you fear God. You know, faith is a demonstration of the fear of God. Faith is the demonstration of the fear of God. You know, the fear of God we have in our lives cannot be said it is genuine or it is fake unless it is tested. You know, when God brings such a time in the life, in our lives, our faith will be tested. The fear of God Joseph had was tested when Potiphar's wife tried on him. The fear of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego and Daniel was tested when they were asked to eat everything that was available on that land. The fear of God was tested in every saints you know on this face of this earth in a particular situation. Here the fear of God was tested in the life of Abraham when God asked Abraham to offer up only son for him. Verse 12 also says since you have not withheld or kept back let's read that verse again. Verse 12 it says and he said the angel of God said do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything for to him for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld or since you have not kept anything back for for your own your only son for me you have not kept your only son for me you are ready to give him to me so faith is unselfish faith is not selfish not keeping anything for ourselves including our lives and the lives of our loved ones so you know from these scriptures we come to know faith demands everything we have in our lives faith is willing to lose the one we love the most faith is a demonstration of the fear of God faith is unselfish not keeping anything for our own selves including our lives and the lives of the loved ones you know again we think what kind of God he is he wants everything in our lives you know when we come to a closer relationship with God when we start making covenant relationships with God God wants everything because he's a jealous God he wants us completely he wants us fully holy he wants us it is tough isn't it at times you know we want to keep things for our own whereas God comes in the in between and he says I want you you know we can think of you know read start reading the life biography of missionaries you know they are such a lovely sons and daughters they were born to parents and as they grow up God starts working in their lives and <coughs> parents would have thought when my son grows up he will take care of me I have only one son and he is going to be with me to take care of me in my older age and he will be in, in, in my house and I will build a house around him and I will enjoy with his family and my older age but the moment he grows up God starts intervening in, the, in his lives and God speaking into his lives and tell you need to leave your parents go away go from the, to the far countries to serve me you know God demands certain things in our lives 
lives. You know, even when Jesus was teaching, some of his teachings were found very difficult. You know, when Jesus was talking to the, his disciples about his body and flesh, uh, body and the, the blood, he said, unless you eat my body, unless you drink my blood, you have no relationship with me. And the disciples, could, they couldn't understand. They said, we couldn't understand. It's such a hard teaching. We couldn't understand. Even Bible says in some other place, some of them, they decided to go away from God because this teaching, I don't think we can follow this teaching. It is very, very tough. You know, at times God teaches in such a way that we find it difficult to follow. Here, Abraham was given an instruction, go and offer your son as a sacrifice. It was difficult to follow. But then that's how God operates. That's how God works. There are four reasons I could point out today why Abraham such a had such a great faith in God. First of all, God was not a stranger to Abraham. You know, the reason why he could just readily take his son and go and offer his son as a sacrifice, the reason God was not a stranger to Abraham, God was a family member. God was a family member. Today, when God put this thought in my mind, you know, I was really amazed to know the way God, you know, was, you know, found as a member of the family of Abraham. God was not a stranger at all. You know, if somebody comes into our life and asks us to do certain things, who is a stranger? Will we obey? Will we listen to them? Certainly we will not listen to them. I don't know who he is and he is telling something, asking me to do something. I don't think I am willing to obey. But now, God was not a stranger. He was a family member. You know, I can understand it in a more better way, this fact, because, you know, when my father was in the deathbed, in the hospital, I couldn't be with him. I was, in, I was here. But my brother was with him. My younger, younger brother was with him. Youngest one was with him. You know, he was giving me updates on what the doctors were saying. And the doctor said, he, my father won't, won't survive for more than 24 hours. So he called me and told, uh, Anand, that's what the uh, doctor is saying, telling, my dad will not survive for more than 24 hours. And later, little later, not even 24 hours, he said, doctor said, in the next one hour, my dad's uh, life will be taken away. That's what doctor is saying, telling. Later he again called me and he said, now the heart rate is decreasing. And he may die at any moment. And a little later he said, our dad has gone home. He is no more on this world. You know, now I couldn't be there with my dad, you know, when he was parting from this world. Everyone wishes to be, you know, at the side of the bed, which I couldn't be there. But the very fact that my brother was there comforted me. You know, I had my brother next to, you know, my dad's deathbed. You know, I can't even think of my dad living from this world without anybody next to him, just laying on a bed, all alone in the hospital and, you know, living this world. I can't think of that. But I, for the, for the, for the fact, you know, my brother was there next to him and that fact comforted me. Why? Because he is a family member. 
he is a family member Abraham you know I, not about my dad I am trying to you know drive you to that point Abraham was asked to sacrifice Isaac he was willing to do because there is another family member asking Abraham to do so he is equally concerned about Isaac the way Abraham is concerned about Isaac his brother or his friend or his dad or his mom we can call him in, in many different ways and he was equally concerned about Isaac that's the reason Abraham is about to you know is willingly he's accepting the fact that God is asking me to sacrifice my son I will obey to the call of God you know today we are not able to obey to the call of God at many situation we don't consider God as a family member you know we don't we consider God as someone who is sitting far away from us and he does he doesn't really, really care about us you know that's how we consider we look at God the moment we realize God is part of us we will not hesitate to do things for God we will not hesitate to take decisions in our lives you know today this fact is speaking into our lives so much God doesn't want to be a stranger or even a visitor in our families God wants to be part of our families <laughs> you know some of the decisions you know if we don't include Dan when we take some of the decision later on he comes and asks us don't you think that I'm part of this family you know he, he asked us the same question don't you think that I'm, I'm you know I'm living in this house don't you consider me he asked why he's asking he's a member of the family the moment you realize God is the member of the family that's how he feels every decision we take in our life without considering God that's how he feels it may be a simple decision it may be a very minor thing God expects us to go and talk to him close your room and kneel down and ask God Lord this is what I think I need to do in my life this is what I'm moving forward is it okay if it is not your will prevent it there is no way I can understand what this is what you want me to do Lord if it is not your will prevent it Lord from happening you know God expects us to do that every moment it is so true with God if we don't consult you know him as a family member God also feels in the same way Abraham considered God as a member of his family you know some of our close friends we treat them even though they are friends we treat them as a family members I'm sure you'll be able to relate somebody in your life back in your life you know we consider them as a family member everything going on in the family you update them you know even if we take a picture and you make sure you send it to them you update them they are not your family members but they are your close friends you know how more our God need to be considered as one of our family members the first reason why Abraham had had such a faith in God because God was not a stranger to Abraham he was a family member secondly Abraham could display such a great faith in God because Abraham believed death doesn't limit God's ability death doesn't limit God's ability let's turn back to Hebrews chapter 11 the same verse which we read Hebrews chapter 11 verse 19 concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense in a symbolic way Abraham believed in God that even if Isaac died God will able to raise him from the dead you know the second reason for Abraham having such a faith in God because Abraham believed God's power is not limited <coughs> by death 
God's power is not limited by death. Today, you know, we struggle to have faith in God because we limit God's ability. Today we have such a, you know, difficult times in certain areas in our life, difficulties, because we limit God's ability. You know, we sing a song, He is able, and the song goes like this. He is able, He is able, I know He is able, I know my Lord is able to carry me through. He healed the brokenhearted and set the captives free. He made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. He is able, he is able. I know my Lord is able to carry me through. We sing the song. We believe God healed the blind. We believe God healed the lame and the sick. But now, when it comes to our matter, we keep all these things aside. We just forget about the song. The song is meant to be sung in the church. Right? The song is written so that we can sing and enjoy. No, it is not. It is our life that when we sing, it is it is it comes from the bottom of our heart when we sing, sing such a song. When we say he is able, he is able to carry me through. You know, he is able in everything. Abraham he believed it. He believed that fact that my you know my God's power is not limited by the death you know some of the reason for the failure in our lives the reason why we are not growing in our spiritual growth and also you know in, in, in our living on this in on this world some of the miracles are not happening in our life you know we are hesitate to do things for God because simply because we don't believe we don't believe. You know, the vast majority of the Christians today, they don't believe in God. You know, they say that they know about Christ, they have given their life to Jesus, but when it comes to the time of trial, such like Abraham, what he is going through, they don't believe in God. You know, not they, even we, how do we behave at that time when we go through such a kind of difficult time in our lives? You know, people say they believe in God. The moment something happens, they walk away from God. You know, a loss of job, a sickness, you know, struggle in their family. You know, family pressures, you know, for the students, the peer pressures, you know, they easily go away from God. They, they don't fear, they no more fear God at that moment. They do not hesitate to do anything God, anything against God. And they say that they, you know, they, they, they don't trust in God at that moment. And here God is saying that, don't limit myself with your situation. Don't limit my abilities to your situation. You know, if Abraham would have limited God, to his situation probably he would have said no how can God asks, ask such thing he is a loving God how can he ask such a question in my life probably if I am there I would have said it is not God it is the devil it is not God it is the devil you know sometimes we struggle to identify the voice of God and the voice of devil because we don't believe in God we don't keep him as a family member we don't talk to him anymore you know we don't listen to his voice often and one fine morning when you listen Listen a voice, such a voice from God, it appears to be a stranger's voice to us. We are finding it, we are struggling to differentiate whether it is God, from God or not. You know, one of the easiest ways to know 
the will of God is to know is to know how God speaks how his voice is so that we will be able to differentiate God's voice you know it is something which we cannot teach it is something which we cannot share it is built in our lives you know when you hear both the voices you hear a voice from God you hear a voice from your flesh how do we differentiate you know it is from God or it is from our flesh you know many of the ministers of God children of God they struggle through differentiate you know when our flesh can speak to us do you know that when you go and kneel down and you try to pray our flesh speaks to us there are a lot of thinking comes in our mind a lot of thoughts flows in our mind it is all from flesh but now same time we are trying to listen to God's voice how do we listen to God's voice get acquainted with God get to know more about God talk to God every minute and receive from God while driving while walking you know while sleeping try to talk to God and the more you talk to God the more you listen to his voice and when it comes to a matter of decision making we know clearly which is from God which is not from God Abraham he trusted God he trusted God because he didn't limit his abilities God's abilities with his death you know when Jesus visited the beloved family in Bethany, Mary, Martha and Lazarus, he found they lost their faith. And Jesus, the moment Jesus went there, they said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. You know, Martha and Mary, in spite of God telling them repeatedly, they limited God's ability to death. And that's the reason they said, Lord, if you would have been there, my brother would not have died. But you know what Jesus said in John 11:14. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. You know, that's what God is telling us. We are limiting God to see what we see and what we can touch, what we can feel today. But all that God is telling us, did I not tell you? If you believe me, you will see the glory of God. You know, the glory of God is beyond our abilities. As we saw yesterday, the glory of God, the power of God is beyond our might and our power. But all that we need to do is we need to allow God to work in our lives. We need to allow God to interfere the same way Abraham was allowing God to work in his lives. Thirdly, the third reason why Abraham could believe God and take this drastic step in his life. Thirdly, Abraham believed the New Testament doctrine of resurrection of the dead. Abraham believed the New Testament doctrine of resurrection of the dead. Even Paul writes to the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians, I would like to read a few scriptures for you. 1 Corinthians, Paul is saying about the risen Christ. And he is telling to the church in Corinth, Christ is no more a dead God. He is risen from the dead and he is our hope. And he goes to the extent of saying, if Christ is not risen, our hope is empty. Our hope is in vain. Let's read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 12 to 19. Now if Christ is preached that he has been risen from the dead, how do some among you say that there there is no resurrection of the dead. You know the Pharisees and Sadducees they, they didn't believe the resurrection of the dead. And when Jesus was preaching about the resurrection of dead, you know they were murmuring about against among 
themselves saying that how can he saying say that the dead will rise again he is blaspheming he is talking against God how is it possible and the same people continued after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ now Paul is preaching and Paul is writing to those kind of people in the church of Corinth and he is saying that you know now if Christ is preached that he has been risen from the dead how do you some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead but if there is no resurrection of the dead then Christ is not risen you know how true is the resurrection of the dead it is very difficult to believe that but how it is linked to the resurrection of Jesus Christ if we believe that we are not going to rise from this dead once when when Lord Jesus comes back to this world if we believe that we are not going to rise from the dead it means directly simply it means that we don't believe the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ that's what this verse says but if there is no resurrection of the dead then Christ is not risen and if Christ is not risen then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty yes and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise for if the dead do not rise then Christ is not risen you know both are very closely linked the resurrection of Jesus Christ is an assurance that you and I when we die one day we are going to rise we are come back to we are going to come back alive Abraham believed that he had such a faith in God even if I give Isaac as an offering even if I give Isaac to the death one day God is going to raise him up you know that's the belief Abraham had you know the a man of faith will not concern about the death on this world a man or woman of faith will not worry about the death on this world you know that's how when we share the word of God to somebody who is elderly who is about to face death we need to bring that assurance in their lives the life is eternal the life doesn't stop here it is eternal for a child of God and it is so true because it is so related to the resurrection of Jesus Christ Abraham believed the resurrection of the saints who died as he re, as we read in first Corinthians you know Bible says in a twinkling of an eye we are going to raise from the dead can we read that verse we can read that in first Corinthians 15 the same chapter verse 52 1 Corinthians 15 verse 52 we read here we talk about the second coming the secret coming of the Lord let's read from 50 onwards now this I say brethren that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does corruptible or corruption inherit incorruption verse 51 behold I tell you a mystery we shall not asleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound what will happen and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed those who are alive the dead will rise first and Abraham believed if my son Isaac dies he is going to rise up at the coming of the Lord you know that's the third reason why Abraham had such a faith in God for a true believer as I said death 
is immaterial. Second Corinthians 5.8 Paul writes We are confident Yes well pleased rather to be absent from the body Is to be present in the Lord You know when you are absent on this world in the body The moment we open our eyes we are present with the Lord You know that's a kind of comfort God is giving us About the loved ones we lost on this world Abraham had such a strong faith in God You know the reason why Abraham had such a faith First of all God was not a stranger to Abraham God was a family member Secondly Abraham believed death did not uh, Death doesn't limit, limit God's ability Thirdly, Abraham believed a New Testament doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. Finally, Abraham understood it is his privilege, it is not his right. You know, I want to stress upon this fact because this is very, very essential for us, you and me today. Abraham understood it is his privilege, it is not his right. You know someone wrote someone wrote like this Abraham's willingness to relinquish Isaac expresses his dependence on the Lord himself not just on the divine promise alone God has promised that is true not just he was believing and depending on the promise but he is also depending on God Abraham recognizes his son Isaac as a gift ultimately belonging to God and the fulfillment of Lord's covenant promises as a privilege not as a right you know this is this very fact can change our lives this very fact can change our lives to a greater extent you know Abraham understood it is a gift from God the promise is not his right it is a privilege given to Abraham you know I usually think about the people who spend their entire life seeing war you know some of the war happened in for example countries like Sri Lanka it went you know it was going on generation after generation some of the wars people see in places like Afghanistan you know they see that every day they see this war entirety of their life death bloodshed you know every day every day they when, when they open their eyes they are not sure whether they will see the end of the day you know if you talk to somebody and you know or listen to their their history that's what they say every day they wake up in the morning and think that okay yeah we are alive I am alive today but they were not sure whether they will be alive at the end of the day you know as I said the places what is going on now in Egypt and in Iraq you know some of the places that's what is going on people are not sure not guaranteed about their living their life think of the places where famine and drought hits the lives you know the, the, the malnutrition children who are born and the day of their death is counted from their birth the day when they are born they are declared as a malnutrient child and they say doctors say that he will die what no matter what you give now the child is born because they are born to such a parent who have gone through severe poverty in their lives there are thousands and thousands of children their days are declared when they are going to die 
because you know whatever they try medically they can, there is no way they can bring them up they, because they were born in such a fashion there are millions of children they were just born and their death date is counted from the day in which they are born the orphans they have born to parents they don't they, they don't know about they don't know who their mother and father are they are just orphans the blind they have never seen the world they have never seen the outside of it the outcast thrown out of the home you know they they are they, they are just sent away from home and they are no more they are, they, they are not back to their home they are just wandering in this world and then roaming around here and there and they don't have place to live the, the the outcast those who are living in small huts and tents every day and just counting their days you know i used to think about all these people those who don't have money even to buy a piece of cloth to cover their body you know th- there are people living at the other edge of this world they are going through all these things you know when i see all these things i ask a question within me why i was not born as one among such people why i was not born like a pe- person who is going through like a child who is going through all this in their life you know we like live in the most comforts of our living today you know which we don't deserve probably we enjoy all the kind of comforts we go we have a good family we have a good you know place to live we have good things provisions everything with us and i haven't done anything good to be born in such a family or in such a setup i have not done anything great there is no reason why i am born in such a family and neither those people who are living in such a life they have not done any mistake in their life you know for their birth in such a darkness dark world around them they have not done anything bad they have not done anything any mistake in their lives neither i have not done anything good to be born in such a family setup the answer is what we spoke the last aspect of it i realize it is my privilege not my right Abraham the son was given to him as a privilege not as a right you know today if we look at our life on this earth as a privilege you know we will be willing to do things for god we will be willing to stretch our hands and to touch those orphans touch those lives feed those hungry and feed those people who are you know living on this world on the other edge of this world but sometimes we think take things granted it is my right i have the ability it is my right you know i can do things i can earn i can do all these things sometimes we think and look at life as a right which is given to us it is not it is a privilege that god has given us you know if we get hold of this strong fact this amazing fact this will change our lives some of the mystery missionaries those who have left everything behind and gone into those jungles you know they consider their life as a privilege that god has given to live on this earth our life is a privilege you know let this be the message that we communicate across as we come across people and tell them that it is not your right it is a privilege that god has given abraham he understood that fact isaac was a privilege it is a gift 
God I receive from God it is a gift you know God has given that and God has the right to take it back God has the right to take it back and that's what you know Job said it is my life it is God has given to me to live but now the same God has a right to take my life back you know many of the saints of God they tell they told the same thing it is the life that God has given and God has the right to take it back and if we you know realize understand that amazing fact as Abraham we will have such a faith in God you know the moment we find that it is our right it is easily the faith factor has gone away it is no more faith it is by my ability and God expects us to say that Lord it is a privilege that you are given to me I want to trust in you you know the very word privilege is equivalent to faith you know if you start practicing that the word privilege in our lives the faith will come automatically as Abraham was experiencing that in in his life Abraham was such a man of faith because God was not a stranger to his family he was a family member Abraham had such a faith because Abraham believed death doesn't limit God's ability Abraham such a great faith in God to offer Isaac as a sacrifice because Abraham believed the New Testament fact of resurrection of the dead and Abraham also understood it is his privilege not his right if you put this in practice our faith life will increase our faith life will flourish and we will have we will develop such a great faith in God and we will be able to do great things for God shall we close our eyes